SBN News, Episode 37. This is Savage Bloggers Network News, highlighting awesome Savage Worlds content and news shared by publishers, licensees, and fans with your hosts, Christian Serrano and Ron Blessing. Hey, Savages, Christian Serrano here. And it is Ron as well. Christian, are you down with PPCs? Yeah, you know me. (laughs) Awesome, awesome, awesome. That is going to be the topic of the next Simply Savage that we're going to be recording very soon with none other than the inimitable Clint Black, not the country star, the Savage Worlds Illuminary. Indeed. I am, I'm really excited about this. Uh, we've talked about this in the past as being a topic we've both been interested in. Um, I'm a little upset. Not upset. I'm, I'm a little sort of heartbroken. Matt Cutter wasn't going to be able to join us due to scheduling conflicts. Yeah. But, um, you know, we, we got Clint. You know, that's good enough. Right? I guess that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> And we love you, Clint. But, we do um, love Clint. Yeah, so we'll be recording that episode uh, tomorrow night as as of the night that we're recording this episode. And, right, so uh, it's meaningless to you as the listener, but yeah, just know that it's coming soon to a podcatcher near you. Or if you're one of those crazy people that goes to a website and clicks on a link, that way as well. <laughs> Which is totally okay. Not that there's anything wrong with that. It's a legitimate strategy, Christian. Indeed. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, let's go ahead and uh, get into the news, shall we? Absolutely. All right. So the first thing I want to touch on uh, on the community side of things, we have a new blog. Uh, this one's called In the Sundered Skies. And as you probably suspect, it's completely dedicated to, to winter skies. weir. To winter weir. Right. It's, it's all about winter weir and vampire earth and other games that a lot of people listening to this don't even know exist. <laughs> Being such a jerk. I'm, I'm sorry. Kidding. I'll no, shut it's up cool. now. It's cool. It's cool. Uh, it, it is dedicated to Sundress Skies, not Winter Wear. And um, it's it's pretty cool. He's got some material already put out. Uh, one was a setting, uh, basically a location, so to speak, um, for uh, Sundered Skies that he used in his campaign. He actually posted it on the tag form sometime back uh, around 2010, 2011. He's making it available on his blog. Uh, the other is an adventure seed called Heir to the Throne. Uh, it's another little creation that he has for Sundered Skies. I'm kind of curious to see where else he goes with this. So uh, we've added it to the feed, so be sure to check it out. Excellent. And, yeah, there's got a, there's a lot of stuff there to look at already, too, so he really loaded it up. And then we just ha- listened to another episode. Both of us got to listen to it, an episode of Gaming and BS number 82, Dedication to System. And it's really interesting because they discussed both sides of – of the quote aisle there, whereas you and I stand on opposite sides of the aisle, right? You know, I'm I'm a I'm system crazy. I love different systems, um, and the reason I support Savage Worlds the way I do is because it's it is my main system, it is my favorite system, and the community is the best community I've I've ever encountered it's on the internet awesome community. or in person. So. Yeah. Yeah, and they even they they talk a lot about um, that they themselves are very much interested in, in different types of settings and trying different things out. They right. equate it to trying new foods, right? Um, yep. And they even they actually do mention you by name, uh, talking about Thirteenth Age and, and such, because uh, I know you, you know you like Thirteenth Age. Oh yeah, um, totally. And I've I while I've played other games, I've played fake games and things like that. My reason for sort of adhering mostly to Savage Worlds is simply because 
it's hard for me to prioritize time for for exploring those other settings. It's not that I'm disinterested. It's not that I don't think they're good. They are good. I've enjoyed them. Um, but I just I got so much so many other things that I, I I need to focus on that sometimes it's just easier and less friction for me to just default back to Savage Worlds. And and also the whole thing about the prep time and you know things like that, right? But I also find it easy for my players to be able to transition between different settings and genres when they've already made the investment in a very affordable rule book. So, but uh, it's a good it's a good topic. I like hearing the different perspectives that they gave on uh, on different reasons why people choose to either explore other systems or stick to a single one. But yeah, good episode. Go give it a listen. Very good. And that totally makes sense, dude. I agree completely on on your end. And it's why, like, during the school year when I've got a lot of stuff going on, I tend to just stick to Savage Worlds, and I take these little jaunts into other systems. Right, right. It's like like taking a vacation, right? Actually, our ETU game, um, we're doing, just to to save my ooh, shiny syndrome, um, our ETU game is... At, we just finished freshman year, and now I'm going to run a different game in a different system for a little while, and we're calling it Summer Vacation. Oh, nice. Very cool. <laughs> That's pretty creative. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we're doing that as a group to kind of keep me from completely dropping the campaign because I get bored. And I'm assuming you're running this over your summer? Well, it's going to start in like three or four weeks close enough it'll be real close to the end of the school year before we get started so yeah yeah close enough that's good that's cool thematic to the point where we're wrapping up and i'm not going to be quite as crazy as i am like toward the beginning of the school year or the or close to the holidays and that kind of stuff right okay that's cool yep so uh we we actually put a call out to donovan bailey over on uh savage it and savage mcu yeah and uh to do uh cover some arrowverse stuff and he uh, he stepped up. He we have Barry Allen, the Flash. Yeah, we we have Barry Allen from season one because he said he hadn't gotten to season two yet. And uh, I was excited because I got called out totally. And uh, it was it was awesome. And Donovan, you did an amazing job. Thank you so much. Um, it is cool to to know that you're listening and uh, definitely keep up the amazing work. And that, he didn't even just stop at the Flash either. Yeah, he continued on with uh, another speedster. Uh, in this case, on, over on the Savage MCU blog that he has, uh, he did Quicksilver. Uh, one of his reasons why he wanted to do this one, I think part of it is because he already did the speedster and he can just kind of, you know, oh, totally inertia. But a really <laughs> Get solid it? speedster reason. inertia. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we need Gus on our show. Uh, it's a gaming BS reference. But, um, uh, he, so he's wrapping up, he's trying to wrap up sort of loose ends with older characters from the previous films before Captain America Civil War comes out. So, which makes sense, you know, Quicksilver, well, is it, is it, is it too long now for spoilers? I would not get too far into, yeah, I wouldn't do it. Okay. So, uh, in any case, we got Quicksilver too over on Savage MCU. Personally, I think with Arrowverse, there's enough characters now that have been coming out um to have i think you should do a separate blog i you know i agree there's there's now three shows there are so many super characters there are some amazing supporting characters right so i think or you know if he gets through with one of these particular 
universes and he wants to 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 do something different, I'd love him to choose the Arrowverse. That'd be very cool. Yeah. Yeah. And he could even cover Supergirl as someone the Flash ran into. They had that crossover. When he was uh yeah, yeah. totally. Absolutely. Yeah. Awesome. And you I said the Flash ran into. Come on. Anyway. Oh, that was good. Uh, uh. So obviously a topic near and dear to our hearts plot point campaigns. Our buddy, our mascot, published author Richard Wilcock is at it with plot point campaigns. He has put out a series of posts about plot point campaigns. Uh, one is talking about kind of converting a TV show to a plot point campaign, and he uses one of my favorite shows to do it. He talks about Supernatural. I like I like how he broke it down as like a season, like an example yeah. season of that. Yeah, was, totally. Yeah, because you know we always have like most shows even where you have the core story arc, but then right. sort of interspersed, you have these weird sort of one-off, you know, episodes that are just sort of side stories. Well, and keep in mind that you know when you're looking at a TV series, it totally makes sense because most shows like that, whether it's Supernatural or Buffy the Vampire Slayer or whatever, they have a uh, a big bad. Whether it's you know a world spanning big bad or just somebody they have to defeat or whatever, there's a big bad, right? And and you intersperse those non plot related episodes. In fact, I would tell people that Buffy season one is an example of plowing through just the plot points, right? Because it was a short ep- a short season, right? Right. But yeah, no, the really cool stuff. Also, uh, kind of did a breakdown and, and pointed out that. The, the real difference between plot points and Savage Tales and One Sheets isn't necessarily size. They're they're very similar size wise. Savage Worlds leaves it open for the GM to to embellish. Right. right. Um, it's really all about like where they belong in a story arc. You know, plot points being important to an overall arc, whereas Savage Tales and One Sheets tend to not be. Right. But. But in general, they're really close in terms of like word count. Yeah, I thought I found that to be that was sort of like a light bulb for me when I read that. I was like, oh, yep. that that kind of makes it a little bit easier. Yeah, in yeah. Terms it's of a, it's trying to create it's, something. It's a really cool tool. Um, and also, he talked about just in general the design overview for a, a plot point campaign. I think between these three blog posts and the stuff put out by Shane originally, plus Matt Cutter's addendum, plus this show that we're going to be doing on Simply Savage, I think every publisher and every would-be publisher or fan licensee that wants to write one of these, or GM, this should be like sort of like required reading and required listening. Yeah, absolutely. You know what I might do? I might ask Clint if he minds taking a look at these and then maybe yeah. commenting on it when we record uh, Simply Savage. That would be awesome. Yeah. Cool. That's good stuff. So another kind of segueing into publishers and products off of Richard Wilcock into another uh, similar transitioning individual, Sean Bircher, at it again. Yep. Uh, He gave a bit of a preview for his first release for The King is Dead, uh, Dampier. And uh, this is actually going to be coming out, I believe, May 1st was what he said. Yep. May 1st. And uh, it, he has like a tentative cover mock-up there. Uh, it's not the final version. But um, I think this is going to be really exciting when it comes out. And I'm really looking forward to seeing uh, seeing what he's got. It's going to include uh, six pre-generated heroes demonstrating the breadth and diversity of the King is Dead secret societies. Kind of cool. Sweet. 
Uh, it's got uh, some details about uh, the capital city of Malleus, I believe, the yep. courts of the four blood princes, uh, examples of expanded connections rules, which is really intriguing. Actually, that's something I might borrow for an Eberron game, quite honestly. Yep. And, uh, and of course, edges, hindrances, gear, and powers. So, uh, again, coming May 1st, so keep your eyes open for that one. Absolutely. And weird war stuff from the Kickstarter is starting to roll through. I've gotten links and PDFs for the player's guide, the War Master's Handbook. I've got the maps. I think the GM screen even even rolled in recently. The, it did. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So Weird War 1 is out there now. And uh, you can learn more about this awesome setting that spans so many different wars and ages. Yeah, I love the fact that the player's guide's only like 10 bucks. Yeah. I mean that's uh, that's just common with player's guides in general, but I mean this is essentially a separate book, a physical book. Um yep. it's about 96 pages, but you can get it for 10 bucks as a PDF. And uh, even if you're not planning to play Weird War 1, you can at least mine it for ideas for your own game, which is Yep. pretty cool. No, absolutely. Yeah. So, uh let's move on to the next Weird War sort of speak, but it's not official weird word, but it is Octan Cthulhu. And uh, this product, Assault on the Mountains of Madness, this is the climax of the Secret War campaign arc by Modifius Entertainment. This is a pretty meaty product. Uh, we're looking at about, I think they say it's about 248 pages, color hardback, or it will be in a color hardback format. Um, this we're, we're talking about the PDF here, obviously. It's a seven-part adventure. You um, basically sort of follow the footsteps of the uh, with, a, with a Peabody expedition, right? This, I mean, it's it's titled "Assault on the Mountains of Madness." <laughs> wow. Yeah, well, the Mountains of Madness obviously have a huge place in um, the Cthulhu mythos, and, and definitely the the Mountains of Madness adventure for Call of Cthulhu is one of the most iconic pre-written campaigns in existence in RPGs. I believe that's the one that Cutter adapted and ran for Savage Worlds for his his uh personal um personal group. Oh, interesting. So, and this was a long time ago, but I, I believe that's the one. But I've also played Mountains of Madness and and so Assault in Mountains of Madness is very interesting and uh it, this is dual system, so it's not just a Savage Worlds product. It also has the sixth edition Call of Cthulhu stuff in it, right? Right, exactly. So, Very uh, cool. yeah. So Nazis, occult conspiracies, monstrous foes, and ancient horrors. You know what more can you ask for? This has been a very horror-filled month because now um, I get to talk about uh, the Accursed World of Morden Kickstarter. Yes. Um, the the uh, uh, books are have been ordered. I know because I got a notice that my book has been ordered. Yep. Um, and, um, I, we've gotten all the PDFs and, uh, very exciting. Uh, all the content so far has been amazing. Um, I haven't read it heavily, but I've definitely done that kind of light go through and it's got some just genius bits to it. Um, big fan of a curse that I actually went out and everything that I didn't already have, I went out and bought the rest of it. So now I own all the accursed stuff. Wow. That's a lot too. I, mean, I did. A lot I know. of stuff. Yeah. But this is this is how much I like the setting. It's it's very cool. Fantastic. That so that's that's there and that's really cool. And also Ill Omens, which was originally just a print release um, to to game stores, which was a kind of a compilation of 
all the stuff that all the adventures that had been done at the time of publication um, of Ill Omens um, put together in one. Well, now he's made Ill Omens available as a uh, print-on-demand as well. Nice. So, so now that adventure compilation is available if you want it all in one shot. Um, there it is. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. That's really handy to have. Very cool. Yep. Very cool. Absolutely. So we have one, one last thing. New one release. last thing. It came out as of today, as we're recording this, on April sixth. Codex Infernus has finally been released. This is from. Uh, Gunmetal Games. This was a Kickstarter that they did uh, probably about, what, uh, 10 months ago or so, I think? It was a little while ago, yeah. Yeah, and um, and so this is the Savage Guide to Hell. If you are looking to pull in aspects of hell or demons and such into your Savage Worlds game, whether it's modern or fantasy, etc., this is the book you're going to want to look at. And, and I, there's a certain amount of irreverence in there, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and it's... Uh, it, I, I got it to glance at it today, and um, I'm really excited to use it. I'm definitely going to pull this into either an Ebron game or just a general fantasy game. Um, I've always liked these kind of aspects in fantasy. So, and some some friends of mine are on this book. I know that uh, Daryl Hayhurst, uh, which is a buddy of mine, he's actually in my Sunday gaming group. Neat. He wrote some stuff. We've got Richard Wilcock. Uh, I think I know him from somewhere. Tommy Brownell. Right. Uh, so there's some some great folks on this. Nice, nice. And obviously David himself did some stuff, and he brought in some other you know n- neat writers. Um, the art is gorgeous. That much I can tell you. Yeah, and the cover. Uh, he did say that the cover is inspired by um, what is it? A paladin in hell. Yeah. Right. So uh, th- th- I thought that was a nice little homage, so to speak. Yep. For uh, for this product. Cool. So, so grats to Gunmetal for getting this out. Um, I know it was a, a big deal. There were some issues initially with um, their first attempt at the Kickstarter, and David made the the tough decision to pull the Kickstarter back, and and then relaunch later with uh, some different ideas. And um, then there there were some once the Kickstarter was finally through, um, there were some other sort of. Uh, behind the scenes issues that happened that uh, created some some landmines and here we are with a great product Absolutely. so this book is about perseverance and that's it for the news indeed so thank you all for listening as always and be sure to visit the SBN website at www.savagebloggers.net we have links to the aggregated SBN RSS feed we've got the podcast subscription links for you and so much more If you enjoy our podcast and you want to show your support, be sure to check out our Patreon page, which is available via the main website. Uh, And whatever you do until next time, keep it fast, furious, and fun. So Christian, a Catholic priest, a Jewish rabbi, and a Buddhist monk walk into a bar. The bartender says, hey, what is this, a joke?